Welcome to another episode of the Jellyfish Current, where we talk about all things performance, marketing, and branding with exciting guests from the industry. I'm your host, Shamsul Chowdhury, EVP of Paid Social at Jellyfish. Today's topic, career progression and planning. How to think about where we are today and where we want to be in the long term. I'm joined by Jellyfish's VP of Paid Search and my work BFF, JMN. Welcome, Jay. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So before we kick off, can you just give a quick introduction of yourself? Sure. Yeah. So um, as you've eloquently put, my name is Jay Emin. I'm a VP of Paid Search here at Jellyfish. Been with the organization for over 12 years now. Um, started out in, in the UK um, around 2010 and um, relocated to the US shortly a year into my career at Jellyfish. Uh, so well, it's a quick move um, to, to the US to really help us establish and start our, our US expansion. Cool. Uh, American author Mark Twain once said, the secret to getting ahead is getting started. So when it comes to building your career, the starting point is to create a career development plan. That will then give you a sense of direction and a clear picture of what your goals are and what you need to achieve it at every stage. So, you know, you kind of hinted at how you migrated over from UK. So you definitely don't have a native Baltimorean accent. So tell us, tell us your origin story, because I, I always love hearing it. So it'd be great to kind of get from how you started at Jellyfish and, and, and where you are today. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'll start. Yeah. So starting with how I got to Jellyfish, but also how I got into digital marketing. So I, I, I went to college in, in London, University of Westminster, and I got a business management degree, uh, which, you know, is quite open-ended in terms of the options that you can, you know, opportunities for you after that. And um, the unfortunate timing of my graduation was, was 2008. And so the um, recession at the time and a lot of the jobs that were going at that time straight after you know with no experience no work experience for me just a degree to my name um, was essentially sales jobs recruitment jobs and things like that that as someone who was a bit more introverted back then um, not something that I felt comfortable or thought that was you know to to my specific skill set or my characteristics um, so I actually ended up working at my dad's takeout uh, in South London for about six months um, while I kept looking for things that might be a better fit. And um, one, of the, one of the modules um, that I'd taken in my degree was a, a kind of intro to um, search engine optimization. And so it was talking about search engine spiders. I, just, I vaguely remember it, but I, seemed, I, was, I remember being fascinated by it. So... Um, an opportunity came up um, around about 2009 to work at this very small startup, um, a six-person agency where they were doing everything from um, search, uh, search engine marketing to building websites on Joomla and Magento templates to doing MailChimp um, campaigns to, um, yeah, to basically anything that they could think of that they could try and sell to their existing clients um, to say that we were experts at it. So as a complete novice, I would often get thrown <laughs> some work and told to figure it out. Hey, here's, we need to build a website. Here, go, go try and do this. Um, you, here's, here's a manual on how to do it or go look it up. Um, and so that, that, was off, that was essentially how I had to, to learn um, my craft, especially in paid search. So out of all those things, search engine marketing was 50% of my role. Um, mm. So it was, it was the dominant piece. Um, and so 
yeah, I, I basically had to figure it out. The first few tasks was just downloading reports um, and no real explanation of what I was doing. It was just, hey, do these, color code anything that's in these ranges and then um, send it back to me. And what I eventually learned over the next few weeks after doing that task for a couple of times um, was I was organizing keywords based on their performance, color coding mm. the ones that they should bid right. up and color coding the ones that they should bid down. And then the, the actual manager was going ahead and doing those changes uh, for us. So, um, yeah, th so that's, that, that was two years of doing that, um, learning. A, a, it, was, it was a difficult environment because it was... It was small, of course, and it was mm -hmm. there was a lot of independent learning when at that time you need really to have a bit more guidance and, and I wasn't quite getting that. And so after a couple of years, I felt like I needed to, to really specialize in something and it just so happened that one of the first things that the person at my previous agency showed me was the metrics tree at Jellyfish. It was on mm -hmm. the Jellyfish website. So that was how I knew about who Jellyfish was. And once I started to look and knew that Jellyfish had an opportunity, um, I applied and I was lucky enough to get, the, to get that job. So what, what was that catalyst? You mentioned two years. Is there a point like, hey, I've sort of hit plateau here. I, I've done all I can in, in this company and I need, I'm up for a new challenge? I think so, yeah. So look, there was... It was probably below minimum wage, actually. Um, and if I can say numbers, I, I started. I started on seventeen grand, um, and I was living with my parents, and I was twenty four. Um, and the, and by at the beginning of the, the second year, I thought, okay, cool. I'm probably going to get a raise. I need to go and have the conversation about a raise, and um, figured I'd go up to eighteen at least, and only went up five hundred pounds. So seventeen five in my second year, and I was like, okay, I, I'm probably going to have to move on um, because if it, if it continues at this rate, it's gonna it's it's not going to be good for me. So, um, so that that was a that was a part of it, but. There was that opportunity to leave after the first year when it was such a small increase and mm -hmm. I was getting actually pressure to go look for something else. You've got a year of experience, surely that's going to be useful. Um, but actually, I, I decided to take that second year. I, did, I didn't want to be in that um, kind of jumping around mindset so early right. on in my career. And I felt it was important to take the time to really learn my craft um, and figure it out and, and get as much um, experiences I could with these accounts that I was working on. There was, there was a variety of accounts on, on, on the search side as well that I was looking at, including education. My biggest account was education, which would serve me well at Jellyfish. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it was, it was about the patience to, to learn, to, to trust, and, and know that um, it's time invested up front um, that you'd benefit from further down the line. Yeah, it makes sense. And you, know, you talked about being at jellyfish for for over 10 years that, that's a long time man I, i'm pretty sure that the baltimore office lease is under your name um you know you, you've been with the company for so long what would you say are like the pros and cons of staying put versus getting experience jumping around from one company to another so I'm sort of bounce around i've worked at all of them right? i've got experiences from all of them i can sort of nip and tuck and say all right this this thing is really good this thing is not what do you think is the advantage of staying put yeah, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I think we could both answer this question because, as you say, you've got kind of uh, the the other experience compared to what I've had with, with being here for so long. So I think I think the first thing is, you know, being able to grow with the company 
um, is, and you you could do that, but can you really do it for three years? And then, so um, I really felt like I've grown with the company, um, and like it's it's been easier to do that because the company's been successful for so long, and we've experienced that consistent year over year growth in in high percentages for a long time, Um, and so. That, that motivation was always there. In terms of like the, the pros and cons, though, I think it's I think the the obvious ones are like that you don't get the experience of different, um, I guess, different working experiences, working environments. Um, I, I have been curious around what it would be to what it would be like to work on a Coca Cola account or a Nike, you know, the big brands that you always hear about these these lavish budgets. But over time. You know, I started to kind of satisfy those um, those urges, if you like. So, uh, with, with the the caliber of clients that we've been working on, so it's it's even better to not jump to it, but to work your way up to it. Right. I, I find right. so it's that's so much more satisfying. Um, <clears throat> the yeah, the the other the other like kind of things that I feel I may have missed out on. I um, I I think actually it's just benefits and this is this is a quite a niche answer actually but benefits that i guess other larger agencies may get from the likes of google or or meta etc so you kind of some conversations it still comes up where i'm like hey can we can we do this and they're like yeah we kind of only do that with the whole codes i'm like well okay so (laughs) that but again we've changed that we've we've done things like the search kpis deal recently in the last couple of years which which was exclusive to those larger companies which we've started to um benefit from as well um i i think one of the the biggest and best things that i've um experience at jellyfish or not experience at jellyfish was was politics and i, I think yeah. internal politics at this company just didn't exist and, and just I, I think sometimes it's emerged you've had characters come into the company and try and play little games and and they've yeah, often got found, yeah but they've often got found out quite quickly and and I, I think i always remember um an early conversation with chris uh, lee actually our cfo was just he, he's so adamant that anyone who he who would see as trying to play those games just wouldn't allow it and and you've seen from our leadership that it's it's not allowed it, that that kind of behavior isn't tolerated um it's not about trying to kind of weasel your way into uh, positions of power it's, it's a collaborative approach and and i've always felt that um we've we've not allowed that to creep in. And then it became our responsibility as well as we grew up and into more of those leadership roles to, to try and snuff that out too. So, uh, and so the reason I say that and the reason I bring that up is because we've had returners to Jellyfish yeah. and we've had people come from other um, places who have just said how awful it is to be in those situations where it's, yeah. not, it's not merit, right? It's not a meritocracy. It's, it's based on um, how well you can play a game. Right. No, I agree. And that's a great point. I mean, that's that's a big reason why I'm here, right? It's four years and, you know, having worked at numerous holding companies, there's a lot of that bureaucracy and there's a lot of um, internal politics that you, you, it shouldn't take away from the work that you're doing. You should be rewarded based on merit, not versus your best friends with your manager or the managing director and you support the same football team. Like, yeah, that's all great for banter, but that shouldn't, you know, if it's, if it's having an impact on your earnings and whatnot then, then obviously that's not cool um yeah, k- kind of really going deeper into tenure right if you look at the 
average industry attrition. Uh, it's pretty high in our industry, right? The, the average tenure is about 18 months. To me, one thing I really look at as to why someone stays anywhere, it, it's motivation, right? I, I really love the bit you talk about. You came in. We, we didn't have those conversations with Google 10 years ago to the ones we're having now, right? Being able to have those LCS conversations, being able to get those deals that were traditionally given to holding companies. Now we're being part of those negotiations. What would you say is like the big motivator that, that kept you at Jellyfish? It, it's um, it, it certainly, well, I'll start with one point of view or perspective, which is you think at the length of a career, and, you know, how long is your working life, right? So you're probably going to be working from the age of early 20s through to maybe the 60s, right? I think that's that's likely. So 35, 40 years potentially. Um, now, I, I think, imagine moving around every three years. That's what, 10, 10 to 12 different places. <laughs> that, that was never something that was appealing to me. Um, thinking back, like, you know, at, at the start of my career, I didn't want to be that person who was kind of shifting around. So that that is how um, I've been able to motivate myself is is through the opportunity to grow upwards or, or to develop personally and professionally within a single place for a period of time, knowing that there's still plenty of time for me to go and do the same and spend another 10 or 15 years at another place um, and, and still, you know, you know, not really be <laughs> towards the end of my career. So um, I, I think that's that's the, one of the biggest piece, parts of it. From a motivation point of view, the job has never been boring or stale or the same. And and, and I think that's two, two reasons for that. So the first is the constant evolution of digital marketing and the industry that we're in and, and the changes and the different challenges, the... Um, even the evolution of our clients and how um, sophisticated or unsophisticated they are over time. Um, but it's, it's those different challenges where it keeps it fresh. There's always something new. And at the end of every year, I've been able to look back and say, okay, cool, I, I, I accomplished these things. I still didn't quite get to these things. And then you look forward and there's, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing opportunities to, to still do great work, both within the digital marketing field and you can be innovative and we can try to, we can try to, come up with game-changing tools and, and ideas that are going to set us apart from our competition. Um, but also from a business perspective, the, there's always been an opportunity for us to, to play a role in the growth of Jellyfish as an organization, not just as a marketing agency, um, but as a company, um, finding those areas where we can be better and trying to come up with a solution for that and, and be a part of that solution. Uh, the, the growth piece is interesting, right? Because you've, you've, you've seen us grow from, I believe you were employee number two in the US, right? And now we've got about 400 plus. One thing that you, know, you and I met at a conference in Captiva, uh, was it Search Insider Summit or something? And we were talking about Jellyfish. And I had known about Jellyfish because my wife's cousin worked there. And you know, I, I come join Jellyfish about a year and a half later. And the First time I'm in Baltimore, everyone's just talking about you being the, the mayor of Baltimore, right? You, I, I remember you and I having dinner and some random person comes shake your hand. I thought, oh, someone that you know. Like, no, the guy owns a restaurant and like 17 others. I, I think you have been, played a big part in like the, the culture and the brand within Jellyfish in the U.S. I, I, mean, I think a lot of people associate uh, Jellyfish with you in the U.S. 
And for a lot of people starting, you, you sort of play this mentorship role, right? I always point people to, in, in my team to you, like, hey, if you're a senior manager, director, and you're looking for a mentor, Jay's the one. He's got not only really good insights about um, the company, but also the industry. How have you felt like mentorship has played a part in sort of your career growth as well? Be, being a mentor or being mentored? Either one. Um, either one. Either yeah. One. So, yeah. Um, it's 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 so actually a privilege to be a mentor or to be considered or picked as someone who can be a formal you can be a formal mentor for right. I think we've we've got these programs and 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 when you do get picked by someone, it's actually quite nice and to think that you have um, a, an experience in something or something about your personality that someone wants to tap into and learn learn from you and your perspective. Um, we've had so many opportunities and not really opportunities, but responsibility to do that organically, right, as part of our roles to be a mentor. And, and I think when we've made the shift at Jellyfish in terms of mindset from managing people to mentoring and leading people, mm -hmm. um, that that makes it not really something that you, you kind of have to tell yourself, oh, I'm going to go be a mentor. It, it should be a given within your role, right, especially when you have experience, especially when, when you're in a certain position. But we do encourage people within our teams that as soon as they, you know, are, are a, or have a superpower in any certain thing to kind of assume that responsibility anyway. So um, an example of that is the Jellyfish Academy, right? So mm -hmm. we have people come through, they could be Jellyfish Academy class 10. And by the time class 11 had started, they've only been here six months. Um, but we kind of look to them to, to help the next class along because they, the experience is so fresh in their mind, the pros and cons right. and what would they, so we expect them to be mentors for the next. So it's, it, it's nice to know that you're regarded in certain ways and um, everything you said about, you know, the, the association with myself and, and jellyfish in the U S in particular is, is, is humbling. It's nice to think about that, that as well. Um, but really the responsibility of mentorship, in my opinion, is, is there for anyone who has a specific skill that they're strong in, um, that they can then in, ensure that they're bringing up other people around them. And, and I think to, to find a mentor for me as well, um, I've given it a go in terms of like looking at certain people in, in the Baltimore area, actually, um, CEOs of large companies, um, like well-known people in the area to just say, hey, can you can not not like hey can you be my mentor but right can we have dinner and talk and 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 with a view of maybe doing that on a more consistent basis but i've always found that those first or second ones are, are great and then it's it's difficult to continue that relationship i i found at least when it's when it's a bit more of a formal but i think other people have done a really good job of being more diligent with that and mm -hmm. um and getting a lot from from those relationships and and um, ensuring that they hold each other accountable for meeting and learning from each other. Yeah, definitely a two-way street, 100%. Um, I like to say you can't spell jellyfish without J, so just a little <laughs> thing in there. Um, to me, career progression is, is definitely diamond-shaped, right? When you start at the bottom, you know very little, uh, and then that diamond starts to get wider in the middle where you start becoming a master in your craft. And then as you advance to get to the next level, you start realizing, you know, less and less and less. And then you start getting back to the tip. And, okay, I need to re I need to learn new skills. What stage in that progression that I just mentioned would you say excites you the most? Yeah, it's, it's exciting and 
nerve-wracking at the same time. I, I think, um, so the learning new skills piece is, is something we should all be doing, we're, we're all naturally doing. So we're either naturally learning new skills or we're proactively doing it. Yeah, and I don't think you ever go back to the bottom of the diamond, right? And I think that's the, it, it's probably, so at, in the moment, it's always going to feel like that's the most like scariest thing. So if I take myself back to when I knew nothing and being at the right. bottom of the diamond, it's like, oh my gosh, because that learning curve is so steep. Yeah. Um, and that's what we tell our JFA academies as well. Um, that, that first six months, you know, you have to soak up so much and then the penny drops and then things start to get easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but then we get to that kind of middle area and, and then there's, there's a number of different ways that can be scary as well, because you expected to know, a lot or be an expert in so many different things and you could only be an expert in so many things right so right. I, I always think about um the the progression path of a paid media specialist for example is is you kind of go from um a, a, an executive level a low level executive to a manager and then you go up and up um in terms of your knowledge and your expertise mm-hmm. and, and 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 that peak i think is hit between the senior manager and the director level. So somewhere between okay. those two roles. And then your knowledge of that field goes down uh, yeah. progressively to, to where I am now as a VP. I, I'm, I'm somewhere below, I'm somewhere between a senior manager and a manager in terms of how I understand a paid search campaign operates or how I can. Would, would, would you pass the Google certification exam if you take it? You know, I don't know. <laughs> we, we have to do it um, soon because otherwise I can't uh, do it. Well, it's for my selfie, and I can't do it. And you, right, right. so yeah, I'm gonna, I've got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how good I am. Um, there you go. It's, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. I'll yeah. tell you that much. When, when I take yeah. the meta exam, you're like, oh, I got this, and you start asking some random questions. Like, I have no idea the answer to this. So, cool. yeah, but they're, they're all, they're all, they're all probably something that's going to be scary for everyone. At, it's just how you feel at that moment, right? So it's, it's always the most scary time. Is that is your next time? Is yeah. is like the moment you're in as well. I think I think the responsibility shift, right? Like as as a VP, you're not expected to be like a campaign setup expert. It'd be silly for one to expect that from me. That's what the the, the junior staff, that's what they're there for. And everyone has their specialty. So go back to your point about, you know, as you're sort of hitting plateau and, and you know, the senior managers, directors, they're not expected to know the platform as well. Mm-hmm. But then they're expected to learn new skills, right? Like how do you take the strategic element? It may not may not be the implementation, but what are the new things that are happening that are impactful to your clients or impactful to the industry? How do you write the POVs? How do you package it so that it makes sense? Because to your point, there's a varying degree of understanding of what we do for clients, even though that they're responsible for their media budgets, they may not necessarily know exactly what we're doing, the ins and outs. And I think the onus is on us and it, it depends on how well it will land based on how well we can present it, right? If we're using heavy jargon, if we're just kind of cutting and pasting what, you know, Google Meta sends us mm-hmm. without relaying why it's important, then we sort of miss the mark. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it, we're, we're at that point now where, I mean, you put it so well, we, we're moving from doing to thinking and, um, and, and needing to think more rather than do more. And, and a lot of that doing is being done by automation or being done by someone who's more capable, got better check places, you know, checklists in, in place. Um, so yes, it's it is that transition from from doing to thinking that that we're um, we're responsible for not just for ourselves but for the teams that we're working with that we're developing. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I I'm loving that part of it. I, I think yeah. that that is that is very 
like it's a journey, right? You don't just go from being a manager executing the accounts to then not doing that so much and and being a thought leader in the room. Like that takes experience, that takes exposure to different things that are happening across different platforms. Um, it, it's understanding and research into what is happening innovatively within the organi- uh, within the industry. So there's so there's so many different ways that we can prepare ourselves, and and, and that journey, as I say, is is a long one and when you're first as an example when you're first doing pitching um mm-hmm. where you are expected to do start doing those things and prepare for a pitch even the content before you've even got in the room the content the fear of like having to put together a compelling pitch for nike where you have to then show show them anything that they've never seen before or tell them um why we're so great that they they'd want to hire us um that that's terrifying in itself yeah, right yeah. um like when you have a blank canvas uh, on a pitch but you know I, I think it's it's experience and um having putting yourself in more of those conversations i love how our teams are so confident um and so accomplished when they're speaking to our clients on a weekly basis explaining performance um they're so good at it that it's not going to be a problem for them to continue to go down that path of, of being a thought leader, being an expert, consulting. I think at the end of the day, we're, we are consultants um, because we have clients and we, they are always asking for our opinion. Um, and even as a paid search manager who's in the weeds, they're a consultant. They, you know, when they're explaining their results. So um, that's, that's the fun part. And I'm really enjoying that part of our work at the moment. Yeah, going back to the pitching point, like I've done a million pitches before I came to Jellyfish, but my very first pitch, you know, you and I, we had to travel down south, uh, had a lovely dinner at Bonefish Grill. Shout out to Bonefish Grill. And it was the first time pitching in housing, right? To me, I was like, oh man, like that at the holding companies, that was a bad word, right? Like anytime a client wants to in house, you're automatically thinking how your, you know, bottom line revenue is going to take a hit. But for us, Jellyfish in housing, we really lean into it. We want, our partners to be successful. So for me, it was a whole mind shift. Like, hey, I'm so good at selling our services, but wait, that's not what this pitch is about. I'm not selling in my services. I'm selling in what our team can do to train this this client, but not necessarily how we're going to do it. So for me, it was, it was a bit nerve wracking because I'm in the room with a bunch of new people who I've just met for the first time and kind of convincing them like, hey, I know how our team can help them in-house. So, you know, definitely there's there's always that oh, I think I got it. And then there's that moment of, no, you don't, because this is a totally different thing from how you thought you had it. And you know, which leads into my next question. Sorry, sorry, we're going to add something to that. I was just going to say, well, you wouldn't have been able to tell in the room because aren't you the one who got up and started whiteboarding what their in-house team would look like? It was like you'd done it a million times before. So. I, I always have a tendency to wanting to stand up in pitches. I just feel like mm. there's too much energy to be sitting down. So when we had that pitch, uh, that other retail brand, uh, kind of just going up there, being able to use the room, I think really drives energy as well. Just be able to see someone movement versus just sitting down. Um, but, but going back to the point you made earlier about our industry changing so much, right? We're in this crazy, you know, era now where machine learning is really taking off. When you look at things like performance max and, or if you look at the rise in prominence of AI, chat GPT has been, you can't read an article now without some form of chat GPT or AI being referenced in it. What do you feel will be the focus in the next six to 12 months in our industry? It's embracing those tools that are emerging in the industry. We've always had to do that. It's not, it's not, in terms of the approach, it's not too different from what we've done before. It, it feels, though, that it's, it's stepped up a notch with, with ChatGPT and, and with Bard. We were, we were at Google mm-hmm. um, a couple of days ago. We talked about Bard as well. Um, 
Now, <clears throat> you know, we can generalize what those tools are. It's a NLP kind of, you know, it's just a content generator. Um, but actually, it's it's a workflow um, time saver. It's there's there's so much that we can do from um, by plugging in or using ChatGPT in a smart and sophisticated way. We've tasked our teams with basically trying to find one way to improve the content or the output that you're providing clients by using ChatGPT and find one way to improve your workflows or to turn a um, two-hour task into a 20-minute task um, using ChatGPT. And these ideas are coming through. It's, it's not just your typical, oh, I got it to create ad copy for me. It's actually plugging it into G, uh, to Sheets and then having it to having it try and organize your or score your search query reports, which we always struggle with that, you know, the time invested to do a manual review of search queries. So, so things like that, that's what's really exciting right now, to, to try and be the first to, to use it in a certain way that no one else knows how to do it. And, and that, that is, that's by spending time in those tools um, playing around with them, um, and, and I, I, I think this is a critical part, right? It's, it's having that freedom to invest time in R&D and, and mm -hmm. innovation. And so we, we, I think we do a good job of trying to encourage our teams to do that. I don't think we hold them accountable enough <laughs> on that innovation time, but right. that is it, critical for us moving forward, especially as they don't need to spend as much time in platform. And those, the more they use those AI tools, the more time they free up for themselves by, by, free, by freeing up those, those, that time to do those tasks. So um, it's, yeah, it's a continuous improving cycle um, the, the more you invest in it, something, something along those lines. <laughs> makes, makes sense. Uh, so jumping into my favorite segment of each episode, <clears throat> predicting the future. So when I started my career over 15 years ago in paid search, I would have never imagined to be where I am today, mainly because paid social didn't exist. Um, what would you say is on the horizon that will cause a seismic shift in our industry that will force people to skill up? It's, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, so the, okay, I'll ask two, so there's two things there then. Um, in terms of shifts and what the future looks like for us, um, we, we've grown up being data analysts, really, and we like that. We run a campaign as data, we, we make optimizations, and that's we have to be more marketing centric. I think that's and and um, understand principles of marketing, not just like old school what, what I learned at college, but um, the evolving stuff that the likes of Tom Roach is writing about, you know, in terms of how we think about the funnel today. Um, mm -hmm. So that those, all those marketing principles and the evolution of those principles, massive, massive focus for us and should be for everyone in the agency um, to, to stay relevant, right? Because that skill is always going to be needed. It's such a huge part of any business or organization's growth is their marketing. That's what we're in. And that, that mindset shift for our teams from data and analysts to, to marketers is, is key. Um, and then the other part is just keeping, like, plugging that into the emerging formats, platforms, technology that enables marketing. So, um, you know, voice was those devices at home. I, I don't know, we really had to do much. But as soon as it becomes more augmented reality, virtual reality, as soon as... I don't know, 
instead of the Ray-Bans glasses uh, with the with the cameras, you, mm-hmm. as soon as you got lenses and those those wearables are even more wearable. Uh, black, if you black, like black mirror stuff, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> so I think that that's not. I don't know. It's it's every five years. I think oh, in five years' time, it will be it will be here, right. but it's never here. Um, right. Right. But I think that the technology is starting to to be developed at a bit more of a, a faster pace, especially that nanotechnology that then enables a lot of those cooler concepts of like walking down the street, no one knows, but you've got all those that AR. I, that to me is the most exciting thing. Yeah. It's just when is it coming and how how soon can we do something fun with it? Um, right. I mean. It's it's here in some places, right? Um, but not, not not critical mass, right? So exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of like in those. Um, what is it called? Like, like a cl- not even a closed beta. It's like a there's a, there's a concept, right? So the yeah. concept of this one person that made. I saw something in a TED talk over 15 years ago about a guy taking like a camera lens and being able to scan things with it, like mm-hmm. being able to identify what the ingredients are, all that kind of, that was over 15 years ago. We still don't have that. Right. Yeah. So it was like a, as a concept thing, but that would be really cool. Right? Being able to, I mean, if you think about experiences, a lot of it comes through uh, visual, right? So visual search, right? Hey, Jay's wearing a black Nike shirt. Uh, th- this is where I can buy it from, right? Like just being able to quickly do things like that, not just for from a commerce standpoint, but ideas as well. Like, oh, hey, Jay just posted a really cool picture of he's on vacation. I don't know where he is. This looks great. Th- this that, that kind of stuff, being able to lean into it a bit more and making everything actionable. Yeah. I think that would be. I think that's the gap we are where we are at right now. We, we, we've made some strides, but we're not fully there. And, and to your point, the technology has been around a while. It's it's suppressed for some reason, and it's slowed down. I don't know why. Like, it's we're too reliant at the moment on the big tech companies, like well, you know, Google, Meta, Apple, etc., to to kind of release cooler things bit by bit, and they they take their time on it. Um, especially the technology. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe that's intentional suppression. I I don't know, but that's, (laughs) that's what, um, that's what I'm most excited about. Cool. No, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. In our last episode, we heard Laval talk about his aspirations of becoming a CMO and today how Jay maneuvered through his, his career to rise through the ranks. The average career in marketing is about 30 years, 40, depending on who you ask and where you are. Uh, no doubt there will be curveballs and pivots galore throughout that time, but having a career plan helps make the end goal in sight. For myself and Jellyfish, thank you so much, Jay, for joining and to you for tuning in as we talked about career progression and career planning. I'm Shamsul Chowdhury speaking from New York City. Be sure to tune into our next episode where we'll discuss diversity and inclusion. And if focusing on gender and race is enough, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform that you use to stay updated with the latest episodes. And do leave a review if you feel so inclined. If you have any questions or feedback about the show, send us an email at thecurrent at jellyfish.com. We'd love to hear from you. The Jellyfish Current is produced by the editorial and production teams at Jellyfish. Want to learn more? Visit us at jellyfish.com. Thanks and see you on the next episode.